Good day, everyone. It's Tony Badaline, Chief Executive of Australian Grape and Wine, and welcome to today's podcast. Today, we're very privileged to have Tim Barch. He's the owner of Barch Vignerons. Uh, a lot of you may have seen Tim at the Bushfire Conference we had recently when he gave a cracking presentation. So uh, welcome, Tim, and maybe you can tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Tony. Um, yeah, as mentioned, I run my family business based in the Adelaide Hills. Uh, I'm an ex-Adelaide Uni student and then spent a few years travelling and then I spent about probably eight years managing other vineyards in the Adelaide Hills and probably the past nine or ten years have run my family business. That's great, Tim. And um, what I want to talk about today and what I'd love to get your views on is that we know that with the close of the China market or effective close of the China market following the import tariffs, we're going to be in a position where we're probably moving into an oversupply of red grapes in the next vintage. Uh, certainly, there's going to be uh, a lot of red wine floating around, and that's probably going to have an impact on prices. And I think that it, we could be in a position where unless we have really good relationships and understanding between growers and winemakers, uh, we could be in a, a whole situation we just don't want to be in. So I'm, I'm a great believer in openness, transparency, and getting things on the table. Um, and I know that you've looked at the whole business of being a grape grower and a winemaker, and you've made some decisions yourself. Uh, so before we get on to the importance of relationships, I guess I understand why did you decide to process your fruit in a bulk rind rather than sell it as fruit if you've done a lot in the past? Um, yeah, traditionally, I'm a grape grower, and I started with, with selling fruit like everyone else does. Um, about five years ago, I sort of, when the industry was struggling and we are probably in in an oversupply in whites rather than reds as we are now. Um, I, I needed a bit of flexibility and depth in, in how I manage my fruit. Uh, so I sought to have, have the flexibility to process bulk wine, but not as my primary mo way to move fruit, but as a secondary home for fruit if, if something happened. Uh, and following that, we had the Samson flat fire in 2015, I think. Um, and then I had the Cuddly Creek fire in 2020. So, yeah, it was a, a good option for me to process some smoke-tainted fruit that got rejected otherwise due to those fires. Yeah, those fires uh, certainly caused a bit of damage, and having that ability to do something with that smoke-tainted fruit, when you know that wineries don't want to take it, you've got to really stand up and do yourself. And I guess you've got, and I understand from watching your presentation, a lot of interest at the Bushfire Conference, and you chose to work with Belvedere over a lot of other closer wineries that you've already established relationships. So why did you, why did you pick Belvedere, and, and what's the advantage of that relationship? Um, first, firstly and foremostly, they're, they're a large winery. I'm based in the Adelaide Hills, and we've got EPA regulations around here with the size of wineries. So I think we max out at about 2,000 tonne in the Adelaide Hills. I think they're a 10 or 15,000 tonne site down at Langon Creek. So firstly, their cost of production is much lower than anything in the Adelaide Hills. Um, and probably the other main driving factor was that they just have spare capacity down there. A lot of the Adelaide Hills run at full capacity or near full capacity. At the time, um, they just had, they had the ability to be flexible and take my fruit if and when I required. So they're both price and, and capacity were the two driving factors, but also they were an easy group of guys to get along with and they understood what I was trying to achieve. 
Yeah, and that's really important, isn't it? Just the understanding what each of you want out of that relationship and having that up front. And if you've got someone you can work with. So I guess I guess the question is, has it worked? Has it given you the flexibility you, you're, you're working for? Is And is it going to continue? Uh, yes. So it's a relationship that I started, yeah, I think just before the Samson flat fire, which timing was just by chance, but really good for me. Uh, I processed rejected fruit in 2015. I processed, I think, excess fruit that I had above contract in 2016. Um, I think I processed some other fruit from a block I couldn't sell one year. I processed my own smoke-tainted fruit in 2020. Also, went into a joint venture with Belvedere in 2020. We bought 500 tonne of fruit and processed it down there. Uh, and I also processed some juice this year just gone. Um and I sell to some of their clients now that have seen my wine and bought bulk wine from me. I've also used wine brokers from relationships I've developed from the bulk wine that I've sold through there. So yes, the relationship works very well. They understand what I want out of it, which is a, a reliable home for fruit when I need it. Um, and they're looking for turnover. So it works, works from both ends. Yeah, and I guess, Tim, that, and I alluded to it at the beginning, but we're going to probably need to find a home for about 120 million litres of red wine next, you know, next year because that's – and we're going to have a cracking vintage. It could well be the biggest ever vintage by the look of what I've seen. Uh, this means there's going to be grapes looking around that wineries don't want. Uh, it, it seems to me that, that with – and there's going to be a lot of contract processors who are also looking to do business – so it looks like there could be some synergies there. The only hard thing, of course, is trying to find somewhere to sell your wine to, which is it's always a problem. Yeah, look, I couldn't agree with you more. I think there's going to be capacity in wineries in the coming coming year, um, and there's going to be fruit that needs to be processed, but it's going to be the sale of the bulk wine that's going to be the, the hiccup in the chain into the future. Yeah, and of course, we've now got a demerger of... Uh, Endeavor. So the Woolworths are actually, you know, they're a vertically integrated company. Uh, they'll be looking to make some big profits. So that'll add a new extra dimension to the domestic market. So I don't expect you to comment on that one, but it's uh, it's going to be a pretty interesting time, I think, at the end of the year. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Well, I guess, look, we try and keep these pretty short, Tim. Look, I really appreciate your insights. Um, the only, only thing I want to talk about is just how important is that relationship issue, particularly when you've got contracted fruit and if you're on fair market price and or your prices are like that how important is it for the you and the winemaker or the winemaker and grape grower to actually understand not only what they want in the quality specs but also in quantity so there's no surprises yeah look i i, I completely agree i think the relationship is actually far more important than the contract um i do grow quite a bit of fruit under contract for various wineries um, but I value my relationship with those wineries far more than I value the, the actual contract that they write for me. Um, so I will try and sell fruit uh, if a winery doesn't want to take it elsewhere um, to save them being forced to take fruit just because I have a contract. Uh, likewise, if they're looking for fruit, I'll try and source fruit from them for them from other growers. Um, yeah, so I always work that work on the fact that the relationship has to work for both parties. Uh, there's no point in, in sitting back and saying, I've got a contract for five years. I don't need, to, don't need to show any interest in their business. I don't need to do anything in five years time. We'll deal with renegotiating the contract. 
it's a fluid relationship and it needs to work for both parties the whole way through or won't won't continue on. Yeah, well, that's right. It swings around a bit, isn't it? One day one's on top, next day the next is, and it's better if you can all work together and all, all make a buck all the way through and takes a bit of understanding. As I say, I'm I'm just encouraging all winemakers and grape growers, get out there, start talking now, work, you know, think about next vintage and already because I think otherwise there could be people in more pain than they need to be. So I'm encouraging that. Um, look, Tim, thanks very much for your time. I know it's pretty short. We're pretty informal here and it's uh, just great to chat with you. And uh, hopefully you get a great next vintage and it all keeps going well. Yeah. No, good to come in and have a chat, Tony. And yeah, uh, thanks your time. Yeah, good on you. Okay, thanks uh, everyone who's been listening today. And if you want to um, hear or got any suggestions for topics you want to hear about in future podcasts, either just give me a bell, uh, either email or, or give us a phone. And, and thanks very much, Tim. Really appreciate your time. Cheers, everyone. Thanks. See ya.